Hello, welcome to Shaken Not Stirred. This time, for your eyes only, or for your ears only, because oh, it's I an audio show. There. Yeah, I know, just good. spur of the moment thing, that. <laughs> I quite like this one, you know. Oh. It's tough, uh, isn't it, though? <laughs> it's the, like... the problem is, I've, I've seen, like, I keep saying this every show, I've seen this one more times than any of the others, but... <laughs> Oh, yeah, the, there's, the, not, there's not much to like at this era of, of Roger Moore, I'm afraid. No, there isn't. Not and at all. And the more I watch them, the more I hate them. That's the sad thing. Like, I, I think when you, you have the innocence of being a child and watching these, they're so much better. And also because now I think you've se- you, you know really good films. Yeah. And you know this is not one of them. It, it's just one of those things. The, the pre-title sequence has got to be one of the worst ever. It's playing now in front of me. I have a number of issues with the pre-title sequence. Um, th- so if you haven't seen it, well, of course you've seen it. You've been alive in the world long enough to be old enough to download a podcast. So I'm going to assume everyone alive has seen For Your Eyes Only. Um, it's the one where he finally kills Blofeld. <laughs> what? But unrelated what? to the rest of the story. Unrelated. Yeah. The, and, oh, and, yeah. And everything. I'm I'm actually trying to remember now which was the last one where Blofeld was the baddie because it wasn't Moonraker. No, it was, that was Drax, wasn't it? Yeah, Spy Who Loved Me was the weird bald guy. Man with the Golden Gun was the Man with the Golden Gun. Live and Let Die was black people. Uh, what was the last one? Diamonds are for yeah. We're going all the way back to is it you only live twice i'm looking at blurry titles on small dvd boxes across the room twice yeah maybe no because yes because that's the volcano with the rockets i think it is so this is the first is this the first roger moore blofeld encounter yeah well the first and only yeah Uh, yeah um because they never killed him no then you know james bond never really beat do you think that he's sort of put this in this pre-title sequence in because everyone was like well what about Blofeld what about Blofeld yes and no uh, he kind of talks about it on the di- documentary and it was kind of sort of the slow realisation of hang on we didn't do anything with Blofeld and I think it wasn't that everyone was asking for it it was just that no one noticed and then suddenly realised if that makes sense uh, it's it's bloody awful it's it, truly awful. It's the the bad guy from several James Bond films, and they kill him without us seeing his face as well. I mean, it's it's not an actor of any description, is it? Who's who's playing Blofeld? Bald man in chair, and James Bond kills him by spearing his wheelchair on a helicopter. But, well, this is the weird thing. thing that you only see Blofeld on the roof of a building. What the fuck's he doing on a roof? How did he get up there? Exactly. He's in a wheelchair. That raises many questions. But also, why is he on a roof? Be in some sort of nice, comfortable bunker. That's very true, because he's watching the the view from the helicopter on a little TV. So he could be anywhere on Earth, in theory. Why did he kill the helicopter pilot as well? Because he wanted to take control. And how does he kill him with some sort of audio electric yeah. blip through his headphones? Deadly headphones. <laughs> it's a thing, apparently. 
<laughs> I don't Damn. know. I don't know. Uh, it, it's just bloody awful. That I feel it's just a total disservice to the character of Blofeld. It really is. It doesn't make much sense. I mean, it's it's kind. Of, I get that it's good with the helicopter doing the flying around the gasworks and all of that, uh, but it's just stupid. And we really get into the funky Wawa disco James Bond music in this one. Yeah, and I hate it. I hate it so very much. Because it, it dates the film. Why doesn't he just fly the helicopter into the ground? I I don't know. I I honestly don't know. Why why? Well, it, as long as we're asking questions like this, <laughs> why why doesn't the helicopter pilot just shoot him in the head? Well, because the helicopter pilot's not in on it, but the priest is. Yeah, the priest knows because he does the oh god cross thingy whatever Crucifix. that is. Yeah. He does Maybe. that. He knows James yeah. Bond is going to be killed. It, it's just stupid. The whole thing's bad. The whole thing's bad. Amazing um, helicopter flying, though. I'll give him that. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't do it. And it, it does give us the line, I'll buy you a delicatessen made of stainless steel. <laughs> that That's one of the things. After he picks Blofeld up on his... on the What is it? Is it the landing ski? The foot yeah. of the helicopter? We, and he's pleading for his life. One of the things he says is, I'll buy you a delicatessen made of stainless steel. And everyone, like, what the fuck is a delicatessen made of stainless steel? I mean, it's uh, pretty um, funny. Well, in, I can, in, in that you can see, A, the bald cap yeah. and stuntman, but also B, the really bad mannequin that stays very, very still in certain shots. Yes, as it falls off. I have to tell you that, that I do know what a delicatessen made of stainless steel is. Go on then. It's exactly what it sounds like. A stainless steel delicatessen? Yes. And apparently... this it is desirable, was it? It was desirable. And it's something to do with the mafia and, like, wanting to own a delicatessen... And something about stainless steel being the optimal flashy version of a delicatessen. Like, if you were a mafia person and you were offered a delicatessen made of stainless steel, you'd be, it's like second Christmas is what that is. That's just magical stuff for you. And so that's what it is. It's actually a valid offer within the world of organized crime. Okay. Bizarre. But I, I had to look that up. I didn't. I obviously didn't know that. Um, now, so do, yeah. Do you think part of her contract was to feature in the title sequence? Sheena E. Sheena Easton. <clears throat> She's the first person that features mm. in the opening titles. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a second. I can't either. She must be the only person who appears in the opening credits of a James Bond film singing the song. Trying to think if... What's his name was in the Spectre one. Didn't like that song. Didn't like the Spectre song. Oh, Matt Smith was... No, he's Doctor Who. The other guy. Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Don't like his voice at all. And didn't like his song. And... But it's still only... Maybe the third worst one. (laughs) Behind Madonna's and uh, Jack White and... Was it Alicia Keys? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? 
Jack White and Alicia Keys. This the Quantum of Solace one. Couldn't even tell you how that went. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's all you need to know about it, isn't it, really? If you don't know how the Bond film theme went. You know, they were on thin ice with Skyfall, but it it just dragged it back. I, I could get to the sort of with the Skyfall theme song, I could have imagined Shirley Bassey singing that one. Yeah. And and if we if Shirley Bassey can sing it, then that is a valid Bond theme. But the the Spectre one, bloody awful. Um Sheena Easton for your eyes only. Pretty good. For Your Eyes Only is a reasonably easy Bond title to work into the lyrics of a film. It is, yeah. Much better than Quantum of Solace. Although I don't think they even tried, did they? I wouldn't bother. I certainly wouldn't bother with things like Octopussy. I was stunned when they managed Goldeneye. Uh, you know, but... Just one of those things. So we Tina get... Turner can manage things like that. Well, that's Tina Turner for you, though. Mm. She's the, the woman's legend, you know. Um, I love this idea. Now we're into the film. I I love this idea that all our secret sky boats, uh, spy boats, <laughs> are disi- disguised as knackered fishing boats. Yeah, that sometimes randomly, without any form of warning, catch mines. And but also, I love the idea that that the navy are, are chained to their workstation. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. We will hang up you to this. You will launch that missile if you're told to. Yeah, my God. And then he drowns, surprisingly enough, because it's bad to be handcuffed to your workstation. Yeah, certainly is. And it's the whole set in general. um, I I don't get why any of them drown. Because it's it's just a little boat. It's not that big a boat sinking. They, They could all just get out. They could not a bigger boat on the surface, Rich, but it has got an entire sort of <laughs> missile defense system built into the hull of it. That is that is very true. I'm, it's like an iceberg, isn't it? Really, I'm just seeing the <laughs> the little bit on top of the water. There's there's like two hundred guys working underwater, and he just doesn't reach that lever in time before he drowns. I mean, ah. whoever designed this never thought it would be used. Surely. I did. well it may, does not not make you what wonder if, about what all it sinks sir and we need to disarm it by pulling this lever oh it never sink don't worry about it it makes me wonder about like all fire alarms and all all things we you don't know they don't work until well, they don't yeah, work there's, there's sort of break break glass to in emergency things like windows on buses and stuff yeah, they never break yeah they give you that that little hammer that they have um, hit the window nuts. with yeah with the little hammer oh we're all fine i've it's got a, a little hammer. hammer isn't it yeah i see the uh russian m still hasn't had his office decorated That's, wow cold war isn't it yeah it's no like, no wallpaper in russia during the cold war no light bulbs either yeah but he has got a fit secretary is allowed to feel up as she's doing a job that is spectacular that that's soviet russia for you you know they were clearly all having a good time I am stunned by this. It's like his office is in a castle. It's it's almost like he's Dracula. The KGB guy. Yeah. Just big windows with the stained glass and I mean you I don't want to say that a lot of this is propaganda, but A lot of this is propaganda. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh... And he's this sort of Ernest Hemingway chap with his parrot. Uh, well, he's he's thingy Carol Bouquet's dad. Yeah, he's not really going to get many lines here. 
I, I don't he, he, what uh, his job is in some way pivotal to the plot of the movie, isn't it? Or it is. I can't really remember. I think he's an underwater archaeologist or something like that. Oh yes, that's right. Because he finds the lost city of Atlantis. No, he doesn't. He finds no. something else important to the plot of this movie. Yeah. Is it safe to say at this point we've abandoned paying attention to plots of James Bond films? Um, yeah, I think I think that's a, that's a safe assumption. They, it kind of didn't matter at this point, did it? No, really. There's a bad guy. James Bond has to get him. And there's that's a billionaire it. with a hot daughter who gets murdered. Yeah. That's 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 all the ingredients you need. It doesn't matter where we're going. We've, you know, the destination's irrelevant. It's all about the journey. I mean, this this film more than the rest is is just full of cheese. It's it's just the crash zoom in on on the daughter's eyes, who's looking dead into camera after her dad gets machine gunned down on his yacht. Yeah, there, there's a lot wrong here. Uh, and and just as we start, as I start scrolling through the film, it gets worse. It gets much worse. A money penny should have retired twenty years ago. Well, everybody in this, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, just, right. You're right. <laughs> he he shouldn't have been James Bond. I think we should have had a between Roger Moore and Timothy Dalton James Bond. I think if a different Bond had done, say, Moonraker, this one, Octopussy, and For Your Eyes Only. No, that person uh, sorry. Never have worked again? No, let, let Roger Moore still have done Moonraker, but that should have been his last one. And then someone else should have done this one, Octopussy, and View to a Kill, and then bring in Timothy Dalton. Why has Moneypenny got an entire filing cabinet drawer just for makeup? I mean, I don't want to say she needs it, because that would be really mean. But like, of all of Q's inventions, do you think this was like one of those Saturday jobs that he just never got around to doing until Money Penny just sort of hassled him too much? <laughs> and he went, fine, I'll put a bloody flip-up mirror and makeup tray in your filing cabinet, Money Penny. I'm just trying to imagine the conversation between Money Penny and the, the office manager. It'd be, the, like, it'd be the same as the conversation between me and Shell before we moved house, where she, you know, for years she was saying, "Can you just build that other shelf for the airing cupboard?" I go, "Yeah, I'll get to it. No need to keep bugging me every six months." <laughs> every yeah, a year, every year will be enough to keep bugging me about that. That's great answer yeah um oh this doesn't have bernard lee as m does it no he's on vacation or something i don't know was that ever mentioned in the documentary why he wasn't in it it didn't come up in the documentary i am now googling this uh did he not die no sure he was in the one after this oh was he Here we go, Bernard Lee, Wikipedia, died in 1981. Ah, so no, this because this was the 1980 Bond film, wasn't it? Maybe he was just in poor health. Yeah. I should have looked this up. Oh no, this came out in 1981, so yes, that would have been... Yeah, he'll have, he'll have died before this came out, so or while he, it was being made. So he wasn't in it again, is that... Yeah. 
Who took over as M then? I don't think anybody did. Well, was you it? Know. Well, was this the the point where Q sort of just started traveling the world a bit more? Q started traveling the world a bit more. Um, I kind of want to get Octopussy out and see what happens in the first few minutes. Oh no, it's it's the. Hang on. Someone is is in Octopussy. Who's that? Just checking. Robert Brown is M in Octopussy, so he was recast. Ah, yes, right, yes, of course, of course. And he he died in two thousand three, and so he did. Yeah, all the remaining ones until Judy Dench came along. Good old Judy. Good old Judy, indeed. You know, for, yeah, and then she was killed. Oh, it's spoiler of that. <laughs> okay, of course, yes. Now, do you know what I'm doing as well? I'm equating human lives to characters' lives, which is <laughs> neither accurate or appropriate. Although we do find out the uh, title of the film within the first 20 minutes. Well, they write it down first, don't and they? And zoom That's... in on it. Yeah. For your eyes only. Have you seen? Look, it says... It says on the folder, it's it's for his eyes only. Surely I mean, that surely then anyone you give that to can look at it, <laughs> but not you if you've given it to somebody unless they give it back. That's a silly thing to write on the front of a important do- probably just top secret. I wouldn't. Yeah, this nice lotus, nice lotus. Um, I have there are issues with the fucking lotus um we i'm I'm not quite there on my viewing of the film here as as we record but I'm, I'm well aware that there's going to come a moment when the henchman of the bad guy who's having a sexy party which bond is out here uh they'll discover the lotus we'll get the close-up of the sticker in the window that says burglar protected <laughs> the guy hits the window with the car of the car with his gun and the car explodes and kills everyone is that not the most stupid fucking thing you've ever heard? What if it was just in a garage and someone reversed into it? Well, shouldn't have reversed into a Lotus. <laughs> Lesson learned. Fair enough. Be more careful, uh, people. Come on. And then he's got no car. Surely the, in, you know, bulletproof window is the way to go. I think. Yeah. I mean, we've we've glossed over the, the whole party scene where there's just women in swimming suits and some sort of assassin where do you uh, find them where, where do these women come from i don't know that many women let alone enough really attractive women who also have the free time to come and hang out at my house and would also like to just wear bikinis and think i'm awesome and also again it's another one of those moments where bond is a shit spy he gets captured all he's doing is is looking at what's happening and he gets captured that you know that never occurred to me. Like, yeah, what? What? He didn't even doing? put up a fight. They just go, "Oh, who are you? Got you?" And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, you got me." And they're on quite high alert to say these guys are just having a party, as well. Like, we're having a party. I'm going to need a lot of armed guards just in case, you know. And and he, he's there hunting an assassin as well uh assassins kill people mm-hmm. they they generally are the security yet this assassin has his own separate security for when he's partying with his bevy of women 
Why are these henchmen all on sun lounges as well, with their guns not at the ready? There's too many questions here, aren't there? And can can you really use a sun parasol? No. <laughs> no, no. You can parachute <laughs> off a high wall. Well, you can, but <laughs> it's, it's a question of how effective it would be. You know, um, as, I, as I say to Alison, when the whole uh, cake decoration thing comes up, there's a big, divi- you know, some people will use, quote, inedible things to decorate their cakes. And Alison doesn't like that. She's of the thought well, that everything... Cake should be cake. Yeah, it should, it should be edible. But my argument is everything is edible. It's just not necessarily always a good idea. You know, you can eat plastic. Like you can't. Yes, you can. I, I could swallow plastic. I, I just wouldn't enjoy it. But And so by that rationale, yes, you can use a parasol as a parachute, but you shouldn't, really. I get the feeling he only jumped about eight feet. It, it <laughs> didn't, didn't need a parachute. Yeah, it didn't look that that high up. Got, and then we're on to the bit where Bond runs away, blah, 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 and we see the Lotus explode. Now... I mean, this is this is one of those moments where you go, yeah, that worked in the film in the 80s, but as soon as people could freeze frame and go through things, you would see that the guy who smashes the windows stays perfectly still for a good half a second before all his clothes get blown, o- blown off and his metal skeleton is left. And really? And just crumples and folds. I'm now trying to just go through it <laughs> frame by frame. So good. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, there it is. You're absolutely right. And the other, the other henchman in the background, who is also a dummy standing very, very still, just sort of crumples from a really random other explosion. <laughs> and then he just throws his keys away. Fuck it. Car blew up. What can you do? Well, you could have a non-exploding car, James Bond. That would be a good idea. Now, in in the documentary, when they're talking about this scene, John Glenn, the director, is so pleased with himself that this is a really funny scene. And it just left me thinking, no. If if you want to do a really funny scene, go and make any comedy film. Or a comedy drama. any Anything with comedy. But this is an action movie. This is a, a spy thriller. And there should not be a funny scene. You also have to sort of question a little bit why so many explosives are in a car that's being used by a spy in a foreign country. And even if you perhaps tap the curb a little bit accidentally, yeah. your car's packed full of explosives. It does give the impression, you know, someone just rear ends you at a set of traffic lights. <laughs> Whole city block gone. Some you know some people claim that this chase in the the two CV is the best car chase. Ooh, oh, I would I would walk out of the room if those people were in the same room as me because it's awful. I mean, technically, I guess it is quite a good car chase because to get a two CV to do all that is mm. very impressive. And they did get the thing to do that. If anything, you know, as I'm watching now, they're just turning it the right way up after it rolls over. I kind of like that element of it, that this this 
I mean, that's the thing with the two CV, isn't it? They are just a, a box it's, with an engine and yeah. some wheels, and it happens to go. <coughs> <coughs> and you know, this scene shows that very nicely indeed. But I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to have to go with the the chase with the DB10 Inspector as a better chase, and I even seen the, it yet. Uh, I know you say that, but I. I still have to, don't I? Well, of, co- well, yeah, of course, no. I mean, you've got to see it, and I wouldn't be surprised if you go and see it at the cinema. I mean, why not? It's it's a Bond film, but you just won't like it. As to, I'm I'm now in the position where I'm comparing it to all the ones we do now. Mm. Is it better than this one? No. Oh no. No, no, I don't think it is actually. Um I think this, at least this is a standalone Bond film. You could just watch this one and and have a complete movie-going experience. And you can't do that with Spectre. And so, for that reason alone, this beats it. Um, You know, I, anyway, I, I don't want to get into another review of Spectre. No, I, I, I don't want to do that. Let's get into a review of this 2CV jumping over another car. It's all all right, this, you know. I, I think people like it because... It's cause, fun, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, war- <laughs> I'm warming to it now the more I watch it. But like the guy's car being stuck, stuck up a tree, it's all a little bit too... Comedy. Yeah. Slapstick you know... comedy at that. And, oh, my God, Roger Moore's trousers are getting higher and higher up his body. Well, he's a man in his late 40s at this point, I think. Let's see, 1981, this came out, and and Roger Moore was born in, was born in 1927. He was, <laughs> he was approaching 60s, he was mid to late 50s in this film then. That's terrible, he's far too old for it. <laughs> just, if you just go there like... 28 minutes 36 seconds in see if i it's like a granddad using a phone where 28 minutes and 28 minutes 36 seconds 37 seconds just he's hanging up the phone and he just yeah that that belt line doesn't hitch his hitches (laughs) draws up a little bit more as he walks like shuffles off I know where Roger Moore's belly button is. It is precisely underneath the buckle of the belt on those trousers, isn't it? That's how high it is. That's how high he's pulled his trousers up. Right up to his belly button. You're absolutely right. It's so weird. So he is he's pushing 60. For some reason, I decided that he was 50 in view to a kill. But not even close then. What? what you, uh, right. I, I've got, I want to say 1989. Oh, 1985, View to a Kill. Um, wow. He's far too old for this. Far too old. I don't, just, I, just think about it this way. This other this actress who's playing the, the leading lady in this. Carol Bouquet. 20s? She was born in 1957. <laughs> he was born in 1921. So there you go. There's... There's almost a full me between them <laughs> in in terms of age. 
I the, mean, it's it's creepy now, isn't it? Yeah, it's really creepy. That is that is a significantly larger age gap than between me and my father. Uh, so yeah, I tell you what, though, now I know he's that old, I, I feel a bit more forgiving of his. Was that you or me? It, well, it came through my headphones, so I assume it was you. It came through my headphones. I didn't move. Oh. Um. How bizarre! I'll wiggle some cables. It's not me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not touching anything. That was how weird. Okay, oh, it's, how... it's probably just the NSA listening in. Probably. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I'm a bit more forgiving of how he looked now. I thought he was looking old and rough for his age, but no, he's looking exactly his age. It's his age is old and rough. Um. I do love these scenes of walking through Q's workshop. Oh, I know. And there's there's a guy just on the first scene who's clearly had that tash stuck on. <laughs> what? Just to make him look slightly more scientific. It's important to have that. And, In, and someone's like really quickly cut out some paper and stuck Bay One onto the onto the wall. Now this this computer room. It's is this. Oh. I mean, right, so before oh. we even get through the door, before we even oh. get through the door, this is a room con- containing a computer that has one job. This is not like a Mac or a PC. It has one job. It allows to take these massive disks, and there's a selection of them, but you only need one. But the size we're, we're, of a vinyl record yeah. as well. Well, a stack of vinyl records, yeah. I would yeah, say. Right. But this this computer that only does this one fairly innocuous task is behind electronic metal doors with keypad entry and all of... What year was this? 81. And when was the Mac released? 85, 4. Okay, okay. So we're not quite at the point where no. computers are everywhere. No, they're, they're not. This is... I, I don't ever remember feeling that the computer that we see is actually too far out of whack for the time. I, I think it's probably fine. If anything, the graphics that it's showing are a cartoon because there were no computers that could have made that uh, at the time, I don't think. it just the, the only thing I think is odd is that such an innocuous tool is locked away so very securely. Um... And in in the few minutes that we've been talking, the woman brings in a coffee, and you see in the background, everyone else is fucked off home. Yeah, because they've been there for hours. It's, it's it's a technique in film to show a passage of time, Rich. Right. Okay. They've not done much work to say they've been in there no. hours. Well, they had to they had to build that that uh, um, profile to front shot in sort of faux D animation, which I think is pretty good. It reminds me a little bit of an aha video, but yeah, but this is where technology was. I think it's it's silly that this comes out and they get a printout and it's actually just a printout of the guy, it, yeah. and it, it's spot on perfect. You know, not as not as spot on perfect as their synchronized supping of coffee. Do they do that? Oh, she's coming back in. I wound it back. Yeah, everyone's gone home, and. Just before the printout, they're very synchronized with their supping of coffee. Oh, she and she's clearing all away a dirty mug that Q's already had. They all oh, right. That's more passage of time, right there. You're, I see now. 
I see. And he's got to type it all in by code and everything. It's it's magical, really. Wonderful. It really is. Thing that dreams were made of. Yeah, I'm skipping forward now. This is silly. Ah, snow, snow. We've not seen him ski for actually the the last movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, things get considerably creepier here, you know, with the young girl. Yeah. The young figure skater. Uh, she was... She's supposed to be 17 in the film, I think. Yeah, and I don't think she was any older in real life. Uh, she was born in 58, so she was, what, 22? Am I doing my maths right? 21? Something like that. Yeah, 2021. Too young for a man in his fucking 60s. Although these days, who knows? Um, it's, it's all just very creepy. And uh, General Veers is here. But, oh, oh, do you know what we're missing? The special code word phrases. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to have to play that bit because it is brilliant. It's something like, oh, I don't like the snow here. Well, the snow is better in Innsbruck. Ah, oh, but I use a lighter. Oh, it's, I don't know. Something about the snow at Innsbruck. I missed it. Snow is better in Innsbruck, yeah. I prefer San Moritz. And then a third guy comes over and says, so what are you both doing here? <laughs> Moaning. Moaning about the snow. Yeah. The snow is better in Innsbruck's, but not in San Moritz. Oh, it's you. What if he was just the guy who thought San Moritz was better than Innsbruck? I know. It could have been anyone. I don't know Innsbruck or San Moritz. Maybe San Moritz is nicer. I, I don't know hate skiing anyway it's it's one of the major thing holiday things i have less than zero desire to do <laughs> what did you hear about like breaking legs yeah all that and then like people who've done it before and how hurt they get mm. and you think well i've never and done it before mix, i'll be killed mix that in with avalanche and yep you know getting lost and getting drunk and going skiing and Basically, you're just asking to die, aren't you? Exactly. And I, I love that you equate getting drunk and going skiing to being caught in an avalanche. That's 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 good. It's, I, I've watched 999, you know. It, oh, I'm not saying night, that, that doesn't happen. I'm not, I'm not arguing at all. No, you're absolutely right. Do they still make that? I used to love that no. show. <laughs> I was discussing it the other day, but no, they didn't make it anymore. It's a shame. It was a good show. Oh, Michael Burke. You know, the American one was hosted by William Shatner. I know. Yeah. Rescue nine one one, wasn't it? Yeah. Used to watch that one a lot more. Oh well, we've I've met the baddie now, it's Christian Glover. No, it's not. It's Julian Glover. Julian Glover. Glover. Who's Christian Glover then? No such person. You're thinking of Crispin Glover. No. Well, yeah, but it must be a person. Crispin Glover dot no, no, you're right, Julian. Just Julian Glover. There is no Christian Glover in the whole world. In fact, there probably isn't. It didn't come up. I searched for Christian Glover, and there's nothing. So clearly, that's a name. If you want to, I know I found a man with that name. Okay, he's been in it before, hasn't he? Which one was he in before? Uh, oh, he played a different character, though, didn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. 
1981 for your eyes only. Star Wars Episode 5. Uh, you may start your landing. Doctor Who. Blake 7. No, he must have been in one before. Am I going insane? He was in, he was in Indiana Jones. Well, he, yeah, he's the guy who drank the wrong grail. I think everybody knows who we're talking about now. He was in James Bond before. This is ridiculous. Not convinced. Your eyes only. The um, Saint. He was in The Saint. Who am I getting him mixed up with then? I have no idea, Rich. No, I do know who it is. Because um, he's in... You only live twice. Let's see. Not Donald Pleasance. It's me. No, it's not. You only live twice. It's, it's. No, it is. You only live twice. I, right. Hang on. I shouldn't ever click on the Wikipedia page for a movie. I should just go straight to the. Uh, IMDb. Charles Gray. I'm getting him mixed up with Charles Gray, who was in it several times. Both as Blofeld. Yes, and that's as a, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. I'm getting mixed up there. Um, forgot to watch the film while I was doing that. Where are we? He's still... There's a motorcycle oh. chase. Yeah, he's met the young girl who's unreasonably attracted to the man old enough to be her grandfather. <laughs> Seriously. It did, in the documentary with the interview with uh, Roger Moore, he was aware of it. So oh, He was? Okay. Yeah. He he was aware. This was just one of the many things of, Roger, stop doing this now. You're too old to be doing this. And he, he was very much aware. Uh, but as we know, from, I think from this point, maybe before this point onwards, they were he was doing them on an ad hoc basis when they just drove a big enough dump truck of money up to his house. Yeah. Uh, like, I'd do them if they kept paying me. And I don't think I'd really be a good James Bond, but if they paid me, I'd do it. Why the hell not? Um, do you like Carol Bouquet, though? She's she's a, a lovely lady there in the snow. She was apparently the face of Chanel following this, this movie. Oh, classy. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the young girl is, is naked in his bed just there because that's what young girls do. I mean, he does he does a good job of telling her to get fucked and just leave him alone. But she doesn't listen. And, you know, this the difference is, I think a more modern James Bond would have gone for it. You know, it, I yeah, feel maybe. I feel parallels between this and the... Is it Gemma Arterton's character in Quantum of Solace? Because I feel like she's painfully too young for Daniel Craig. Mm. Although not as extremely too young as, as they are here. Because I think Daniel Craig may still be a good 20 years younger than Roger Moore is in this film. Um, <laughs> or, or not far off that. Um, and, and so, But there's still a little bit of... He's too old for her by a, by a wide margin. Yeah. And and so I, I, I think a Craig Bond would have gone for it. Yeah, maybe you're right. She's old enough. As they say, if there's grass on the pitch, let's oh, play no. cricket. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I can't believe you said that. Only ever ironically. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not, that, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. 
No. So oh dear. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> watch a biathlon, which is skiing and shooting. Yeah. Uh, not yep. much in the way of health and safety because they can just ski up to the uh, competitors and annoy them. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing about this is one of the competitors just goes into the woods, rips off his competitor number, and then starts trying to kill Bond. Well, first of all, that's all you need for an adequate disguise. Right, if, <laughs> just if, a number. Yeah, if, if athletes aren't numbered, we don't know who they are. Look at footballers, number on every shirt. It's necessary. No one know he's he's such a star of the biathlon, and everyone's so excited about his performance, but they don't notice that he disappears for a little while. And there's lots of random gunshots. It's exactly, um, and no one realizes that he doesn't finish either. Or, it, and then we come up to one of the weirdest things ever so they have this chase through the woods on skis they won't do anything in front of the public so they won't kill him whilst they're in the lift but then do you know what i i kind of get the impression they were paid to come and film at this abandoned winter olympic site and oh you must include the ski jump please (laughs) oh maybe oh it's charles dance (laughs) yeah it is oh my god yeah, it is. I forgot Tywin Lannister was a baddie in this. That's amazing. And he hasn't changed a bit. No, he hasn't. <laughs> he hasn't aged. And he's still as much of a bastard. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. And they are, they're going to do a ski jump, which is a mind-boggling event to me. I, I cannot get my head around it. What I also can't believe is the queue for the ski jump mm. that he's in. There's that many people who want to kill themselves. I've been in a queue like this for a water slide in in Spain, but that's an entirely different thing altogether. This is just everyone like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a bit of a ski jump. Like, you'll be killed. As an event, it defies physics for me. And no one notices that there's this guy trying to snipe Bond from the bottom of the ski jump. No one pays attention to that, even though there they are. You can see him fucking miles. And everyone else is dressed in a condom except Bond, who's <laughs> who's just there. They don't look warm, those outfits. Just in his puffer jacket and oh, his slacks. Oh, I, I love that. The hesitation at the top. I don't want to go down. And the bad guy's got a gun in his point. No, you're doing the ski jump, mate. You're going down there. If oh, okay. get you, we will. Yeah. Ski jump or death. <laughs> Why doesn't he just push him? Throw the guy down the ski lift. Or just throw Bond down the ski lift. He'd never recover if he wasn't on his skis to begin with. No one bats an eye about this other ski jumper appearing from nowhere and just punching Bond. There are so many problems here. This is terrible. I hate it in Bond films when they have extremely public fights and the public don't react at all. You know, where where do the bullets come from in this motorbike with the guns behind the headlights? Where do they refill it? That's an interesting question. Um, I, I think you're into territory of questions you're not supposed to ask, Nick. Okay. <laughs> and also the, the ski class that falls over in a domino-style effect. More comedy. More unnecessary comedy is... is all unnecessary comedy unnecessary comedy it's it begins to remind me of superman 2 (laughs) 
you know, because that that I think was a film that suffered from the same problem, and I I didn't realize it until I saw the Richard Donner cut. Have you have you seen the Richard Donner cut of Superman? I'm not 2? sure I have. I it's I think it's very much worth a look, and you, I mean you in particular could do this. You just have to detach yourself from uh, the bits that aren't finished and polished, because obviously there's there's bits that they got in from old takes there's even some sort of screen test footage in there that doesn't match and you have to detach yourself from the fact that it doesn't match and just go with the narrative and the dialogue and the story that it's trying to tell but the 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 most significant change to the movie is the big fight sequence between superman and the three bad guys in new york at the end and richard donner removes all of the comedy from it all of it and it's so much better for it it's ridiculous it's hardly surprising. Now, I've got to point out that this is the first James Bond film where they actually have a custard pie in the face. Do and they if you ever... blink? If you blink, you'll miss it, right? But if you go to fifty-three fourteen, bearing in mind we're an hour into this film and no one's got a fucking clue what's going on. Um, yeah, if you go to fifty-three minute, minutes fourteen, just as the motorcycle comes down past the guy in the deck chair. The waitress throws a custard pie into his face. Hang on. Yes, yes. It's it's even more than that. It's a it's a multiple it's lead like, yeah. cake. That's that's like thank hours. God it wasn't a, thank God it wasn't a baked Alaska, or else that's you know. Yeah, burn victim there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Now, that's one of those funny comedy sort of... That's like the opening five minutes of Superman 3. Did Richard Donner have anything to do with this film? Do I have to check? That? <laughs> just gonna, you know, um, and he's going to get them with the old ski pole between two trees trick. Yeah. Oh, got him there. Yeah. Oh, and we have to go down the bobsled track. I like the bobsled track, but it's it's quite exciting um but then the way it ends the whole way this whole chase ends like with the guy just oh fuck you throwing his helmet off because he's crashed his bike and stuff and it's like well now clearly you have to for all time abandon killing james bond because you've fallen off your bike that's the rule i'm pretty sure a high highly expensive rifle would not have its barrel bent like that yeah I, I I would agree with you. Oh, he's it's big. a comedy bend as well. It is. He's throwing the bike now. James Bond just skis off. Go and kick the shit out of him. Why? Stop. This is just going to lead to awkwardness the next time you bump into each other. You know. <laughs> um, oh, the Lotus Turbo Esprit. Got a new Lotus. Mm-hmm. With a ski rack on it. Yeah. Well, you, you, ski territory. You know, now he's leaving his mate in the car while he goes inside. Let's hope no one bumps into the car, causing mm. it to violently explode and kill his mate. Oh, and then the ice hockey team comes on. I mean, yeah. this is. It's extreme bad writing. It's like they went, oh, that Halloween movie was popular. He had a hockey mask, didn't he? What's more scary than a hockey mask? 15 hockey masks. <laughs> or however many of them there are. But luckily, 
he does manage to get the points for scoring the goals with their bodies and runs one of them over with a Zambini. Zambini? Zamboni? An ice machine thingy. Yeah. Um, how... Oh, God. If... What's this film about? I don't know. I don't even know what the, the plot is yet. You see, you said you quite liked this one. I know, and I watched it earlier today, and I don't know what the fucking plot is. It's something to do with that boat that sank at the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, but it has no relation at all to this bloody ski lift resort place. Oh, the guy's dead. How... He left in the Lotus. If there's a guy you wanted to get killed, right, how do you convince a team of hockey players to be the ones to go and do that? (laughs) I I need to see that conversation. I want to be in the room for that meeting. You know, I get how you can pay an assassin to kill somebody, like a hitman or something. But a team of hockey players... Actually, I'm I'm being a bit over the top. There is only three of them. Yeah. But but still, like, just shoot him in the head. Just shoot him. Now. Don't even put skates on. He's on skates. You're going to beat him. It might, have been, it might have been a diversionary tactic to kill the guy outside. Hmm. And you're being very kind to it there, I think. I am. I yeah, am. very kind. Uh, and yeah, the guy outside in his car's dead. Not in any way protected by the burglar defence of this fucking notice. Well, if you notice, Rich, if you freeze frame through through this, there is no burglar protection sticker on the window. I so beg I to differ. I, I, I actually beg to differ. Really? If you, yeah, if we go... Hang on, let me get your time code. Uh, 5550. You can see as Bond is getting out of the car, right there on the the driver's side front quarter. Oh, you're light. right. Yeah, but only on the driver's side. Maybe the the passenger side isn't protected. Oh, that's it. He's only had the, right. If you get in from the driver's Optional side, extra, if, it, it explodes. Yeah, if you get in from the passenger side, you're free to murder whoever you want within the car, which is parked up outside and no one sees. Um. I mean, they're suspending your disbelief and then there's just bullshit. Well, that's what I think, yeah, that's where we are here, isn't it? Is this... I I nearly said, is this the worst one? It's not the worst one, it's just bloody awful. (laughs) And then we're back somewhere sunny again. Yeah, I, I, I... This is just an excuse for the crew to have a holiday. It really is. I just had to stop myself saying... Should we stop this? It's like, I, I don't <laughs> want to... have to push through. <laughs> I, I almost would do... I mean, I'm, I'm skipping bits now. <sighs> I'm, I'm skipping yeah. bits as well. Oh, he's uh, in a casino. Yeah. Try. Yeah. Oh, he meets the Scouse girl and she gets run over. Julian now, Glover's there. Yeah, Julian Glover's there. Now then, my dad was at uni with one of the good henchmen in this film. Oh, really? Apparently. Yeah. Good henchmen? Uh, yeah, one of Topol's men. Because Topol comes into it, doesn't he? He's the yeah. best thing in it, by yeah. a wide margin. Um, it kind of makes me want to go and watch Flash Gordon. Uh, now, let me find it. Uh, like, where is it? Where's the guy? I just remember this because it was like I, it's not like I know the the guy or have ever met him or anything like that. Or that he doesn't even have a line. But it's just one of those things that my dad would point out every time this film was on television. And that is usually either every Easter Sunday at least. 
um you know th- this is the if you didn't have any of the bond films to to own this would be the one you're most likely to see next i i think it's it's always on on a sunday afternoon on itv yeah uh and so it would it would often come up um but then you know i went to uni a performing arts college with lots of other actors who've been in lots of other stuff so suddenly knowing somebody that was in a film isn't all that impressive but when i was like nine yeah it was amazing i know will tristram now so whoa you know yeah exactly i've been to his house and everything (laughs) now there is a scene worth discussing because it it was a big chunk of the the documentary and i i I, you know I, i see why it was important for them the guy falling off the cliff in the car Oh, right, uh, you're way ahead. Yeah, I got bored with so much of yeah, it. Yeah, I don't blame you. There's, there's nothing nice to say Kill about any of it. Kill him on a beach with a beach buggy. Yeah. Didn't work. I've lost my place now, but oh, yeah. No, he did kill her, okay, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Fine. So, so the, the, the car is sort of dangling off the edge, and the guy who's just killed James Bond's mate in his Lotus with the burglar protection is is stuck in the car, and... It's all, is Bond going to save the guy? Is he going to let him die? Is he going to kill him? And their debate was, well, this is actually, like, really dark. Like, Mm. is he about to just murder someone in cold blood? Because that's what this is. He's not fighting him anymore. He's not arresting him. No. Um, And he kills him. Yeah. And it's actually one of the cooler moments in the film because of that. I think they do it with Roger Moore a couple of times. Was it? Yes, it was Moonraker, where he's got the guy on the roof and the guy's got hold of his tie. Yeah. And he slaps his hand off. Fuck you, you tell me what I want to know. But also, no explosion on this car. Which there wouldn't have been, because cars don't no, explode. But mostly, when a car goes over a cliff in a Bond movie, it explodes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wonder why they chose not to. In this particular well, case. maybe maybe the money went towards Roger Moore's fee. <laughs> maybe so. Um, something else to to add as it's moved on now. All the close-ups of Carol Bouquet underwater. Uh, she couldn't go underwater. She had a sinus problem, and so they're all done with fans in slow motion, and then they added bubbles later. Oh my god. And now you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Oh my god, those bubbles are amazing effects. Yeah, but she's not underwater. It's just wind being blown through her hair and in shot in slow motion. It, I think it works quite well because I've never realised that before. It, so that exactly. means Bond, Bond probably isn't underwater either. Not in the, certainly not in the shots where it's the two of them. No, um, they've just done it with lighting effects. Yeah. How brilliant. I mean, there may well... I, I did I did think, gosh, that's a clear shot underwater in a swimming pool. But yeah. then it goes to the wide and you go, oh. That would explain why there's no fish in the close-ups as well. Yes, that's that's the other thing. I like how Bond's wearing full body wetsuit. She's just got <laughs> the, the onesie on. I feel like he's being a little bit wussy. Like, this is may... the weirdest bit as well. I can't say that because there's a lot of weird things in this film. One of the weirdest bits is... Why is there swimming pool tile at the bottom of the sea? And two, why does she leave an oxygen tank there? 
that's never explained. Right. The answer to question one is it's 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 an archaeological dig, so I think they're like ancient tiles. As they've, to they've weathered very well. They have. They have. Yeah. Um, as to why she leaves the oxygen tank there, other than so it can be found again later at the end of the film, I don't know why either. And what are these massive underwater hoovers they have as well? I've seen those in many films. <laughs> that that's that's a real thing. That that is a real okay. thing. Yeah, okay. uh, I've it's seen like a, the, a leaf blower underwater. Well, it's it's moving the silt from the yes, bottom because you can't dig. You no. see, so they have to no. hoover it. Yeah, and move it far, far away as quickly as possible. So that, yeah, that's that's a real thing, as far as I know. I don't know what they're called, but Sea Hoover. Yeah, and and now now they've got a submarine that just appeared, and they're wearing uh, raincoats uh, in case it gets a bit wet. I think they were leftover uniforms from Moonraker, actually. <laughs> Probably were. In fact, they almost <laughs> definitely were. They've just added a collar or something. <laughs> yeah. God, it's so bad. I know. <laughs> this, this, was, this was a major motion picture film. I, I, I may have seen this film more than Star Wars, just, just through the number of times it's presented to you, not intentionally, not keeping track. But I, I bet I have. I mean, if yes, in fact, just through the fact that I've seen this film maybe three or four times since getting the Bond Blu-ray box set a couple of Christmases ago, I haven't watched Star Wars for years. <laughs> so, yeah, I've probably seen Fewer Eyes Only far more than I've seen Star Wars, oh. uh, which is a, a terrible statistic. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. I'm so sorry for you. I, I'm only myself to blame. I really have. So then we reach the uh, the fishing trawler that sank at the very very beginning of the film we're an hour and 29 minutes in (laughs) and uh it's very easy to read a map underwater apparently yep so they just go through some dead bodies there they're definitely bodies and not mannequins in any way shape or form well it will have been like a a little swimming pool set or something won't it so you can just have people and they just added bubbles that's true. I don't know what they would have done with her here. I suppose it would depend on how much those diving suits are actually diving suits. Like, it, you know, if she she's... Wasn't, she's... No, based on, on the clarity of her close-ups versus everything else, she wasn't underwater here either. Right. See, I was just working on the basis. They said sinus problem, but I'm now thinking whiny you know just moaning didn't want to get underwater like because you've not got that sinus problem in a dry suit she's not you know she's the full helmet on here mm-hmm. doesn't even need to brush her hair when she gets out but she nearly drowns anyway and then we have moon robot attack <sighs> what happened to guy with a spear gun yeah, you, know. you need a moon robot because it's deep down you see so he's clearly just swum down and Jaws wasn't available, so they put a man in a suit. Yeah. Yeah, James Bond is not in a moon robot suit, though. He's no, but in... he, he came in a submarine, don't forget, which obviously a diving suit's going to keep you safe when you get outside the submarine. Okay. I don't know how it works. 
I don't think it works like that, though. It's not wearing diving gloves either. No, no, this is just... What a shit idea. I need to attach the bomb to him. You see, you didn't think of that. What if he just sticks the bomb on your head? Of course he's going to do that. And he can't see because he's only got a porthole to see through. Mm. I get claustrophobic watching this bit, to Mm. be honest. I don't find it comfortable to look at at all especially sort of the big suits that restrict your movement and that sort yeah, of thing. I'd, like no, I'd be horrified at the idea of getting into just the suit without getting underwater and trying yeah. to have a fight with somebody, uh, which just makes it all the more ludicrous as far as I'm concerned. God, it's it's crazy. Are we nearly? I'm nearly at the end of this film now. Uh, our so. our guy blows up. Yeah, he blows up. Bond gets dragged behind the boat for oh wow bit. that is a great miniature shot that is a great miniature shot where they jump out the side of the boat and it explodes at one thirty-two fourteen. 14 oh yeah their knees don't bend or anything when they land that's amazing there's some good work being done here and you know what as much as we joke about the special effects I couldn't put this together no. It's really the, the, well and done. And you know what? As I say, for the time, it was going to be seen in a cinema. Probably not even... A, it wouldn't have counted on VHS at the time. Because this was early 80s. Yeah, this would... So it was yeah. going to be seen once, very briefly, in a cinema. It wasn't for two geeks to just sit and frame through. So they're, they're all right. They're fine. And I kind of... You know, I think... It, it, it's still pretty good. And it, it was... It won't have been cheap special effects or yeah. badly done at the time it's just that was the state of the art it's just a lot worse than it is today but i i don't know i i i kind of like it. It, it it's got a certain nostalgic feel to it now it, it feels it's nice to know that we went yeah. through this I, phase i think <laughs> I, I I mean, no i i quite like yeah you're right the, the special effects are, are kind of cool they're cute they're nostalgic the, the big problem with this film is the story. It's truly awful. I mean, this is... The story is the biggest problem with any James Bond film. I, I don't think any of them are particularly badly acted or badly made. They're, they're all well-put-together movies. But as with this one, you, you can be so easily given a story that is lost or you don't give the slightest shit about... Or is actually the plot of Austin Powers 3. Or <laughs> so many other things that you can run into. And it, it, I, I th- the thing I'm noticing as we complain about all of these films. It's all story based. Yeah. You know. We've not really had a problem with anybody's performance as James Bond. Or any of the, the female performers. No real problems with the bad guys, except maybe Jaws, but at least he's a bit of fun. It's all bad plot. Yeah. And and sort of bad structuring. And I, I think I kind of think it's because your range of things Bond can be sent to do is somewhat limited. You know, it's always retrieve this or get that before so-and-so gets to it. Or kill that guy. There's essentially about three James Bond films. And they're all variations on that. Which I I must imagine makes it very difficult to write them from time to time. (laughs) You know. Yeah. 
and we just like, well, a car chase. A car chase, really? We've done a thousand car chases. Yeah, well, what else are you going to do? And even this, even this film doesn't escape the sharks. Does anyone get eaten by a shark, though? Oh, do we just be so. reminded that there are such things as sharks and James Bond has had some negative experiences with those in the past? As one does with sharks. No, but they they managed to fool the bad guy into thinking they're dead and swim back to the uh, conveniently forgotten oxygen tank at the bottom of the sea. Yeah, I don't know why she leaves it there. I remember asking my mum when I was little and my mum not being able to tell me. So we'll just assume no one ever really knew why. I do like his idea of wrapping the boat around a big rock underwater. Yeah, that's cool. That's a nice idea. Oh, and that poor guy gets knocked off. and well, He wasn't doing anything. He was just the cook on the ship. <laughs> he didn't, just gone out for a smoke <clears throat> and then eaten by sharks. Because that's what sharks do. Yeah, you can see in the close-ups of Roger Moore underwater that Roger Moore is not underwater. He's having air blown in his face that makes his hair go up. <laughs> that's it. So... So now I'm trying to figure out. So they had the little thing on the boat that they were meant to blow up, but they didn't. Then James Bond went to get it to blow it up, but he didn't. Then Julian Glover got it. Because he's he waiting on the boat for them. Yeah. And now he's escaped. And so you, his last act is him going to get Julian Glover and the thing. Yeah. With in, climbing. In a very hastily put together 23 minutes of the film at the end. It really is as well, isn't it? It's like the whole film just comes down to this bit. Uh, it's it's a nice, spectacular place to film. I believe it's in Greece. Um, they had problems with the monks not wanting them to film, so they were disruptive uh, until the, the Greek governments uh, stepped in to decide that they couldn't do that. Um, oh. Apparently so, yeah. Um, then he just turns up and gets it. That's really it. This is crap, this film. <laughs> it really is. It really, really is. Like, honestly, I'm I'm just going back and forth in the last sort of 23 minutes. Like, what's worth talking about? What's worth mentioning? None of it. They go up, they chuck a couple of people off the side of the cliff. Helicopter shows up. There is an impressive stunt with the guy looking like James Bond falling a very long way. Yeah. That's an impressive stunt. Uh but that's that's it. That's the entire interesting bit here. Uh and then Oh and then the, the Russian turns up and steals everything. Oh no he doesn't. He no. goes to steal everything and Bond chucks it over the edge. Yeah. Like we should have just done that. And then he the laughs and then off we go. The most important bit the shitty Margaret Thatcher cameo at the end that's oh, not really God. Margaret Thatcher oh it's so so bad it's become worse historically no I but think. even at the, even at the time it was bad um yeah yeah it, it's we never see the a real life prime minister in one again ever no. Do we? I, there are a couple of instances of British Prime Minister showing up, but not real British but, Prime but Ministers. But why put a weird 
weird looking guy as Dennis that it looks like Harry Enfield. No, that's what Dennis Thatcher looked like. <laughs> he he was a weird looking guy. Just... That's you know, but the idea that she's I don't, this is weird that Margaret Thatcher was ever there with all Bran in the cupboard that she's not sealed the top of, I noticed. Uh she's there in the kitchen with a pinny doing baking because that's what Margaret Thatcher did. Bullshit. No, just no. Everything is bad here. Is there a comedy closing line for him, though? I don't think so. Oh, yeah, the Dennis guy is just a goofy, weird... Scary looking Yeah, my speech is broken because I'm trying to... I'm playing Margaret Thatcher. There's no... No, No, there isn't. gets the ending line. Yeah. Don't watch this film, guys. It's definitely so one you can miss, isn't it? I, yeah, I've nothing else to say. I've hit the end. I, I don't want to see this one again now. I'm going to have to go and watch Skyfall to remind myself it all turns out all right. <laughs> but do you know what? It, it actually makes me feel better about Spectre because if they can make this and... 20 years, 30 years later, we're still getting to go to the cinema and watch James Bond films, then Spectrum is not going to destroy the franchise. You know, it can take awful films. And this is an example of one. The, oh, it's, so, it's so bad. <laughs> it, it really, really is. 6.9 out... Oh, no, that's You Only Live Twice. That was a much better one. What's <laughs> For your eyes. Only... Yeah, six point eight on IMDb. Oh, it's only point no, one even. lower. No, no, no. That's bollocks. Yeah, it's not that good a film. Although I do love how they've got him credited Roger Moore as Ian Fleming's James Bond 007. That's his actual <laughs> character name as listed wow. on IMDb. The full That's thing. Impressive. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know what else to say. Sorry, I, I, I don't. I don't know. Sorry, can we say? Can we apologise th- on their behalf? I, no, I no on feel our like... behalf. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, Rich, that we had to do this show. Yeah, and next time's Octopussy. Ugh. Which is, do you know what? At least I can. I know who the bad guy is, and I know why he's the bad guy, and it all kind of makes sense. Okay, the, I think the story of Octopussy is a bit better. There are some cheesier moments, but I just I'm just so over Roger Moore at this point. I just we've got Octopussy, and then we're into something good. We're into View to a Kill. Then View to Oh God! All right, there's two left, and then we're into something good. Yeah, View to a Kill's again. It's all not right. as it's all right, it's but all right. it's got a geriatric man uh, <laughs> in a tuxedo in a tuxedo doing stuff with. Grace Jones, and it's like I Christopher know, Walken's in it. That is the only saving grace. That is the only saving grace of that film that it's got Christopher Walken. And yeah, uh, yeah, I'm never going to watch that again. Well, I probably am. What am I saying? I'm going to see it two hundred more times between now and my death. That film, if not more than that, but it's a bloody awful film. I. Uh, it's a two out of five film for me. That it's I just oh, it's just too long. It's like uh, there's so much in there where they went, oh, we've got to have a 
got to have a scene at some sort of ski resort. We haven't done that in a couple of films. And none of it progresses the plot. No, it, it, it doesn't. It really is, now he goes skiing, now there's a car chase, now he goes here, now he goes there. And, and none of it is, is really essential at all. Um, I Part of me would still love them to be brave enough to make one where he doesn't leave the country. Uh, I don't think that will ever happen. I think that would piss off a lot of people, but... Yeah, but you know, I, I think you're right. I think, it, you know... I, it's it's why I enjoyed the, the book of Moonraker. It, mm. it, it's entirely set in Dorset. Um, it, it's it's really nice for that, uh, and and this film would have benefited from being entirely set in Dorset because <laughs> at least then Carol Bouquet wouldn't have had to go underwater. Too cold. Exactly. I'm curious as to what she looks like now. Let's see. There must be pictures of her on the internet. All the pictures of her are from this film. Was she married to Gerard Depardieu? Well, he's the other French famous person. <laughs> oh, no, there there's some pictures of her. Oh, yeah, yeah. From... Oh, she's not aged terribly. No, she's a very pretty lady. Oh, she's friends with Sophia Coppola. That would be an argument we'd have at some point. Oh, well. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't think we can scathe this film any further. No, I, th- I think we've done it as much as we can. So thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, I suppose. Seriously, I- thank you. Yeah, sorry about that and everything. Uh, yeah. We will return with Octopussy. Bye bye, everybody. Bye.